What is up, Ditch the Job listeners? Mark Birdie, the podcast the coach here, helping people to launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts. And one of the things that people want to do when they think about ditching their jobs is escaping off the burnout. And burnout is something that can happen whether you have a job or you're on your own path. Uh, so burnout is something that I feel like we all come across and we're going to figure out how can we escape it and renew the joy in our lives because that burnout could really take a lot away from us. And uh, the guest who joins us today, he uh, is actually a lawyer turned priest. So he escaped that burnout atmosphere and now has renewed the joy in his life. In addition to that, our guest is on a mission to empower and inspire people so they volunteer and help the less fortunate. And as previously mentioned, he was a very successful lawyer, trial attorney, uh, but he walked away after feeling a certain dissatisfaction in being unfulfilled with his work. And to this day, our guest continuously looks for ways to positively impact others. And he is also launching a book called Renewal and Hope, Renew Your Own Joy by Creating Hope for Others. So our guest who joins us for this episode of Ditch the Job is none other than Mike Watson. Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mark. Mike, nice here. I'm happy to have you on the show also. And I mean, to go from lawyer to priest, I mean, that is quite the shift. And I can see how like a lot of the thing with lawyers is there's a lot of hours you have to do. So I'm wondering if you could share with us why you made that shift. Well, I was I had been practicing law for about 25 years um, and, you know, met with pretty good financial success. Um, but after a while, I just felt like I was getting burned out and I wasn't really enjoying the work. It didn't seem to be what it had been when I started 25 years before. And I was kind of looking for a way out. And one day in the spring of 2000, as I was driving home from work in Fort Worth, Texas, I heard on the car radio that a tornado was approaching my, my downtown area that I just left. And I looked in my rearview mirror and I watched as an F3 tornado tore apart my office building. And I decided it was time for me to get out. It was time to get out of the rat race that I felt my life had become. So even though I spent the past 25 years becoming uh, as successful as I could, it, and it wasn't fulfilling for me, I just, I closed down the office. I found uh, jobs for and I decided not not to rebuild. So the story kind of began there and took me many steps to get where I am now. But it, it really, the biggest step that I took was back in 2007, seven years after the building came tumbling to the ground, I went on a mission trip to New Orleans. And while I was down there doing work in the Lower Ninth Ward for victims of Hurricane Katrina, I had an experience with a woman that just told me deep inside I needed to do something uh, different with my life. And I started on the journey then to become an Episcopal priest. And during, during that journey, I've gone on many mission trips and served in many homeless shelters and worked with many people on the streets and gotten to know them as individuals. And it, it really changed my life and, and helped me become a, a fuller person, a, a better human being all around. 
And it's interesting how you just had this one big experience where you realized then and there that this is the thing that you have to be doing. And I feel like there are some people listening who they think, oh, wow, like I feel like I know what my thing is too, but I'm not ready to make that jump yet. So what advice do you have for people who maybe they know what they're supposed to be doing, but they're not quite ready to jump out of their jobs right away? Sure. Well, there was a book that I read nearly 30 years ago, and it, the, book, the title of the book is called Do What You Love, The Money Will Follow. And I was already about 15 years into my career, and I actually began thinking about it at that time. So <clears throat> you can still buy that book on Amazon, by the way, <clears throat> excuse me, if one wants to. And it, it actually lays the groundwork for finding finding ways to switch careers without switching careers, basically to use the skills that you've already learned to obtain new skills and, and modify the skills that you have to a, you know, kind of to a different purpose. But one thing that I would say is, <clears throat> I don't necessarily give everyone the advice to switch careers, um, but there's been a lot of studies lately in the business world and the corporate world um, where corporations are actually discovering the value of corporate social responsibility um, and are encouraging in employee volunteering programs. Uh, and there's been some well-documented studies that demonstrate that when corporations ask employees to volunteer and encourage volunteering, it actually boosts performance and also boosts happiness and health and well-being and lowers stress, just the mere fact of employing your own humanity to um, increase the humanity of another human being gives you a personal satisfaction. You might not even have to leave your job. You just do your job better and you become more satisfied with it. So that's kind of the spin that I put on it. You know, you don't have to become a priest <laughs> to, to help someone. You know, that was kind of a long journey for me, and, and not many people um, can actually do that because it takes a lot of years, and and fortunately, I was able to finance that, that move, uh, but not everyone can do that, and I understand it. So my advice is to try some volunteering and see how it feels to you and see if you gain some satisfaction from it, uh, and, you know, I can recommend all sorts of different kinds of programs programs and different kind of work to do that. Uh, but if you have a job now and you're working for a company, you're working for a corporation, talk to your boss and, and see if they can encourage you to do that kind of thing and can maybe give you time off to do it. Because that's something that is proven to be very satisfying for a lot of people. And we'll definitely get into the volunteering later because I feel like there are people who may be interested, maybe they've done it before, but time could be a big factor and things like that. So we'll definitely, I definitely do want to address that, but I also know you're about renewing the joy in other people's lives and allowing us to do that for ourselves. Uh, would you say volunteering is the key way to do that or are there like other things we should also factor in that renew that sense of joy? Well, I, yes, absolutely there are. I mean, um, if, if you don't feel like you have time to volunteer, and many people don't, especially 
when they're young and, and just starting off in the career, they may not feel like they have time to it to do that. But I don't know how many of your listeners live in large metropolitan areas. Um, I, you're in New York, right, Mark? Yes. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I started doing even before I got out of my job was I actually moved to New York and continued to practice law right at the beginning of this process. And I hit the streets and started talking to homeless people and buying them coffee and just visiting with them for an hour on a Saturday afternoon. And one of the things that I learned from doing that is many of the stories, the life stories of people who have, say, hit the skids or fallen on hard times are, are people that, that were once successful and they had something harmful happen in their life or they had a lot of stress when they got on alcohol or drugs or had family problems. Um, one day I was walking to the streets of New York and I ran into a guy who had a cup. He was sitting on the ground with a blanket in front of him and I had a cup, tin cup, and I stopped to talk to him. And through engaging that conversation with him, I learned that his dad and my dad were best friends 30 years before in Amarillo, Texas. And he fell on hard times after moving to New York, thought he was going to make a great success and didn't. And he'd been on the streets for 15 years. Wow. And we struck up a conversation. I was able to get him to a homeless shelter and get some help and some medical attention. And uh, he and I have stayed in touch. He's now successfully employed. Um, in a, a local uh, electronic store. That's what his skill level is. And he's very happy. He's off drugs. I mean, it's amazing what a human-to-human -human contact can do for people. And I've got, I've got countless stories like that, not, not just homeless people, but the people that I've taken with me on mission trips. I've gone down to New Orleans. I've gone to Appalachia, which is one of the you know, poorest areas of the country and taking folks with me who, you know, have been younger or older. I've taken 85-year-olds and 25-year-olds on these kind of trips and it just gave them a spark, gave them something different to do. And they, what, what you do is you discover something about yourself and your human interaction with another human being that you can help and you know, even if you're tied up in a corporate job and, and, and you're not happy, just discovering some inner talent or inner skill. I mean, I don't know how you learned how to get on a radio and host a show, but I bet it wasn't working in the corporate world. And so you have other human skills that you learned in your interaction with other human beings. And that's what we do as human beings. When we are in a community and we interact with others, on a one-to-one -one level without, you know, these levels of separation between us, then we learn a lot about ourselves and we talk about ourselves and we discover things about ourselves that we would never have known before. I never knew. I, I never knew I wanted to be a priest. I never knew I could be a priest. I was, I was scared to death to become one, but this is what I do now and I love it. So it really opens up your eyes to a whole different level of being, I think, inside of yourself. And it gives you some confidence that, that you wouldn't otherwise have 
just maybe sitting at a desk in a little office or a windowless cubbyhole somewhere, that you learn things about yourself and your talents and your ability to, to interact with other humans that you, that you may not have ever discovered otherwise. And that is very fascinating where it could just be a simple conversation or just a kind gesture can really make a big difference, especially to someone who really, really needs the help. So, I mean, that's going to definitely make you uh, renew yourself. I mean, I feel like a lot of people, they think of like taking care of themselves first. Like you do want to be able to take care of yourself, like the self-care, like if you, like the oxygen mask example on the airplane, like you want to put your oxygen mask on first, but this idea of like, I feel like sometimes we just like become too self-centered. Uh, maybe we have good intentions and stuff, but maybe we just like aren't focused enough on like the outside community and having that impact. And what if you could talk with us a little bit on how we can get better at putting in the time because some people listening, they may have a job, they may have a side hustle, all these different things. But I'm wondering what your take is on finding the time to commit not on a super deep level, but maybe on a little bit of a deeper level than what we're already doing. Yeah, sure. Um, well, there's, um, there's a lot of, a lot of sources. For, for example, if you want to spend say one hour, one, one weekend on a Saturday and go to a homeless shelter and serve a meal, um, you can, there's, if you just go to homelessshelters.com, there's, there's a place that lists homeless shelters all over the country. Um, and they're, they're everywhere. And if you just wanted to spend an hour and go, you know, serve up pot roast and green beans to a guy and sit with him at the table and talk to him, it, it's a level of, I think the whole key is, we're so used to dealing with people on a level of superiority that we think is near ours that we can't allow ourselves to get down into this the pure humanity of being on a common ground with someone who really only wants the same thing we do, which is a roof over their head, a warm bed to sleep in, and a hot meal. And if we reduce our basic needs down to that, and go and spend a moment or an hour with the people who want those very same things that we do, then I think it, it, it gives us a self-awareness that we don't otherwise have. And it also creates in us this knowledge that we don't have to always be on top. Because, and I know when I was a lawyer, I had to win, you know? I had, I had to kick the other guy's butt or I wasn't gonna survive, right? And that's what it was. It was a duel, and it was a duel to the finish. And I was up against powerful insurance companies and powerful corporations and powerful hospitals, and I was always representing the little guy. So I was at a disadvantage, which made me feel like I had to fight even harder. So I think we were so used to constantly scratching and clawing to get to the pinnacle of success that we we can't get down on a human level and when we get down on a human level we sort of discover our own humanity and we discover our own strengths and our own spirituality and our own real sort of we're all here for a purpose right and you've probably heard of this book called the purpose driven life by this guy named rick warren it's been widely read but 
but he talks about everybody has a purpose. And when we're constantly scratching out a living and, and spending all of our time and all of our energy thinking about how we're going to do that, then we really don't discover ourselves very well. And, you know, I, I'll just give you an example. My two kids are now 23 and 27, and they went with me on my mission trips to New Orleans and Appalachia, and they have both told me that had they not done that, they probably would have never found their own inner core in their own sense of what it was they were put here on this earth for. And one of them is a very talented and success, successful musician, um, and another one is a film and, and uh, film director and producer uh, in, the, in New York City. And that was not the direction they were headed. Um, they were like every other kid, you know, they were pushed to do better and to score higher on their uh, test scores and all that kind of find a career kind of thing. And they kind of went a different direction after they went with me on, on these trips. And we got to see some people and spend some time with people who were different from us. Uh, and I think that's the key is you broaden your horizons by spending time with people different from you, although we have the same basic goals and needs. It really is a way to kind of find your inner core and find whatever it is that that purpose is of yours. I grew up thinking my whole purpose in life was to be a lawyer because my dad was a lawyer. You know, both my granddads were lawyers. And I thought, well, I got to be a lawyer. So that's what I did. And I was pretty dadgum good at it. But it just wasn't right for me. It just wasn't what I needed to be. And I think a lot of times kids these days grow up being pushed to be successful and have, you know, high scores on tests, high college admission scores, and they just got to be the top, you know, and their parents push them to be the top. And they either end up on the top or they end up way down below somewhere and on drugs or, you know, dropping out or whatever. And they're not really given a chance to figure out who they are. So I think that's sort of the key is when you do this kind of work, when you give of yourself, just a small amount of time to another human being and begin to discover your own benefit, renewing your own joy by doing that, then it opens up a whole new way of looking at yourself. Yeah, I mean, very, very great points. Uh, I feel like, again, like with the volunteering, like, uh, like as you get more into it, you could really embrace it. I mean, I've done some volunteer work, so I definitely speak on that. And uh, it's been a while since I've last done a lot of volunteer work, but I, there was a point where I did a lot of it. Uh, uh-huh. so, I mean, speaking on that thread, you spoke on like, uh, like about parenting. I mean, I feel like you don't want to put too much pressure, uh, because, uh, I, I get that, you know, parent, like parents, ideally you're a parent who wants your child to be better than you. And, uh, I, I don't, you don't want to put too much pressure either where it's like, it's more of like a better version of yourself versus the kid with it, his or her own individual path. Uh, one thing I want to explore though, is you said yeah. your father was a lawyer, your granddads were lawyers. And I feel like there are people who will gravitate towards a job based on what their parents did, even if it's not their passion. So how do you suggest people break out of that mold? Because you've got some people who they don't want to do something, but they'll do it because uh, their parents did it or because their parents want them to do it. Yeah. And I, and I think 
probably mostly it was I did it because I, I felt like that was what was kind of expected of me. It wasn't overtly stated that that was what was expected of me, but it was clear that when I sort of took the hint and started going that direction that it made my dad proud, you know. Um, and so, you know, when you make your dad proud, you, you know, you like that. And uh, that's a good incentive. Um, I, I think one thing is that maybe more advice to parents than anything else is to allow their kids to explore different things that that they didn't enjoy for example as as younger as younger people i mean my dad always thought he was going to be a lawyer because his dad and, and his dad's dad were lawyers he was never given the permission to open up to something different i think and and i was probably not excuse me given that permission but i made a decision a long time ago to give my kids permission to do whatever it was they wanted to do that they were talented at and i would you know i would read to them and then i would sit down and encourage them to write and to draw and i i put them in schools that encouraged you know the artistic side of them and, and they both had it and they, they ended up both being in careers that that really do have the benefit of that talent and it really makes them get a lot of self-esteem for having the talent in in those areas so it's probably more a word to parents than it is to kids but if there's one thing i would say to teenagers who are exploring what it is they want to do with their life or maybe even you know uh guys in their early 20s I'll, i would tell them the same thing i told um, my daughter, when when she was like a junior in college and was trying to decide whether to go teach Japanese kids in Japan and teach them English or whether to do her music, and I said, do both, you know, figure out which one you like, um, and we'll find a way for you to do that. Um, I think there's a lot of pressure on kids these days to get out and start making a living right away. Yep. And oftentimes that can put pressure on them that takes them away from what their passion may be. Um, so, you know, I know when I was when I was a kid, I never was really encouraged to to explore other things. And I think that was a problem kind of with the generation, my generation and the generation before me. But things are different now. Uh, there's so many more opportunities <clears throat> for kids to use their talents in different ways. And things like we're not so stratified anymore as we were back in the time that I was growing up. You know, you had to be a doctor or a lawyer or an accountant or, a, you know, or own a company or something. And you were either that or you were a janitor. And, and obviously you were going to try to choose uh, the former rather than the latter. And the, the arts uh, and, and, you know, just having more exploration of your inner talent wasn't really encouraged back then. And I think that may be a failure of some parents today who push their kids so hard um, that they don't really ever explore the side of them that really allows them to have those experiences. Now, I know on this episode of Ditch the Job, we definitely started this out talking about burnout, renewing the joint. We definitely fulfilled that promise. But now I know we've talked a lot about kids and like, you know, like parenting and stuff like that. And you may think that's a little off topic, but it's certainly a very big part of it because 
when you are in that ditch the job phase, you're thinking of how do I go from job to business or to the thing that you want to be doing. And a lot of people who are at this ditch the job phase, a lot of them have kids and you could be burnt out and super stressed, but uh, you don't want to take it out on the kid or you don't want to uh, do wrong parenting decisions because you are in that burnout mode. So um, there has to be a proper like way to go from like you may be burnt out. You may be thinking about how to ditch your job and go into the other area that you want to get in. But at the same time, you have to be there as the parent. You have to be there as the spouse, wherever you've got to be and continue to show up in those moments while you are in that process of ditching your job. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I, one, one thing that I would say about that is that there's some of the studies that I was mentioning to you earlier that, um, that have come out of these uh, business benefits that spring from em- uh, employee voluntary programs is that it all, that there's also been studies that demonstrate that your relationship with your family and your ability to converse with and be on the same level with other members of your family is enhanced when you have opened up yourself to volunteer opportunities and given that a choice, given that, you know, given that chance to be able to do that. So I think it's not just necessarily a business benefit and not just a personal benefit, it's a benefit for others around you and your, you know, your friends and your family members. Um, <clears throat> for for a lot of years, I didn't even, you know, I very seldom even talked to my brother or sister who are only a couple of years difference from me in age. And now that uh, they're kind of in different sections of their life, and I am too, we don't go a week without talking to each other on the phone, you know, or going to see one another or something like that. So I really think it has a lot to do with your own family dynamics uh, and with your own ability to see the good in another family member, even though they may be different from you. Um, I I suspect if my dad had done some, um, are you still there, Mark? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, sorry, I had another call. I had to get off. Um, if when I if, if my dad had encouraged me to do some of this kind of volunteer activity, I may never have chosen, you know, to be a lawyer because I would have related to human beings on a different level. Uh, and that's one of the benefits of of doing volunteer work is that you do have the ability to relate to human beings on a level other than a competitive one. That, that brings you closer to them. And when you come closer to somebody else, you understand them better. And my, my kids told me that it changed their lives going to New Orleans and sitting with me, talking to a family for whom we were building, you know, rebuilding their home in the Lower Ninth Ward. And, and they said it really changed the way they saw other people, allowed them to open up to something different. Um, so if, if, there is some difficulty in communication in a family and you take your kid or your teenager uh, to a homeless shelter or take them on a mission trip or, um, you know, just go sit down with a homeless person and talk about the homeless person's life. That's an experience that teaches 
a kid not to be afraid of the stranger, not to be afraid of someone different from them, not to fear, you know, what's in front of them. And, it, and if, you're, if you don't fear your steps in life, then you're more free to take the steps, to take a little risk, to step outside of what you're used to and enter into a different world and explore that world on a different level than you otherwise would. So just that mentality opens up an ability of someone to see themselves doing something different from what they may have otherwise seen themselves doing. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. I mean, yes. getting the kids involved in the uh, volunteering and even in all the stuff you're doing really connect, will connect you all together better. So I definitely yeah. love that message. I feel like if you guys have really enjoyed this episode, one good thing you guys do go to renewalandhope.com. That is Mike's site. Uh, I know he's working on a book, so definitely uh, keep in tabs on that. It'll be called Renewal and Hope. Renew your own joy by creating hope for others. So make sure you stay in tabs with that. Mike, are there any other places we can continue to follow your work and uh, your journey? Yeah, that, well, the website is one of them. Uh, my book will be coming out in, in January, and I'll definitely be letting you know about that. And if you forget the name of the website, I have another one that's pointed at the same website. It's called Make Us Kind Again, rather than Make Us Great Again, if you get the pun, makeuskindagain.com. Well, Mike, we'll definitely be throwing all those links in the show notes. Uh, but once again, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was such a pleasure having you on Ditch the Job. I really appreciate it.